0: After LSU had put the finishing touches on its college football playoff title game victory over Clemson in January, thoughts turned to the 2020 season. The first games were scheduled for this weekend with a full schedule ready to launch for the traditional Labor Day weekend. We know none of that is happening. The college football that will be played won't begin until mid-September and even prospects for that have taken a hit lately with cases of COVID-19 on the rise in campus towns as students return for the fall semester. On today's Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast, Kansas beat writer Jesse Newell talks college sports and KU football with me, Blair Kirkhoff. It's Tuesday, April 25th. We talk college football in general, and the Jayhawks specifically, plus get into the future of college basketball as well. So let's get started with Jesse Newell. Hey Jesse, it's been a long time since you and I chatted. Hope you're doing okay. Doing good, Blair. How about you? I'm doing all right. Um, I was able to kind of sneak off, get out of town a little bit last week, uh, just to get a change of scenery and get out of the house. And that was good. A little, a lot of, not a little, a lot of uh, social distancing, a lot of mask wearing. But um, at least it was nice to to get away. Have you have you gotten away any at all this summer?
1: Uh, not yet. My brother is actually getting married over Labor Day weekend, so we will get away then. But other than that, I did a, a one week staycation here at home with my daughter, and um, outside of that, I think we're just going to continue to roll along.
0: Well, is, is the has the marriage is that the originally scheduled marriage or has it been like so many others this summer uh, been postponed and rescheduled?
1: it's actually the originally scheduled one so um yeah it's out on a out on a lake up in Michigan and so same sort of thing we are going to be distanced and apart and um hopefully get this thing celebrated and done and and back to Kansas and and all those sorts of things but yeah glad that they had not to go through that but uh, I know like you said I've been writing about some people that have had to reschedule and redo things so it's kind of crazy in this uh in this new COVID world I guess
0: for sure. Well, and the fact that it's on Labor Day weekend means that uh, had had there not been COVID, the coronavirus, you would have, correct me if I'm wrong, you'd have probably, would, was Kansas schedule, football uh, schedules uh, to, were they scheduled to have played on that weekend, for the, the opening game on Labor Day weekend?
1: Yeah, New Hampshire originally was going to be that game on Labor Day weekend. So I was going to miss that game to start off the season and then be there for the rest of them. But Uh, from early on in this thing I kind of kept telling my brother I said I I think you're gonna be okay in this I think uh, I'm not gonna miss any games here and uh, sure enough we know for sure that KU's first opponent won't be till September 12th now so it it worked out well for me but obviously uh, I'm getting college football off the ground Uh, we'll see if everybody can do it and hopefully uh, hopefully we'll all be out there on September 12th
0: yeah let's talk about that as we get into uh, college football and I I don't know. Schools are starting to reopen, um, and I I don't. I I go back and forth on uh, on not whether they should, whether whether football should be played. I I, I guess I've always been of the belief that football should try to be played, but can it happen safely? And I don't know. I'm not. I'm not encouraged by what I'm seeing. As as college campuses open up for limited enrollment, most throughout most of the country with um, you know with the fall semester, I right? I think the optics are very poor right now uh, th- this week. I right? you know Notre what is it Notre Dame and North Carolina and NC State have had to adjust, make adjustments, and go go online and, and Alabama reported almost more than 550 cases of a coronavirus in the in the first week students were back. So just not. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm feeling the way I did back in June when when athletes started reporting back to campus uh, without students, and they went out and they and they uh, you know contracted the the virus. But that was June, right? That was mid June, and they had the weeks and weeks of uh, of time with, without many students on campus to um, you know to, to to get better and um, and, and, uh, and and to make that adjustment. So. Now there is there's not much time left. If if the Big Twelve and the SEC and the ACC want to start their football seasons, it just seems to me that um, that, that college kids on campus, football players, there's going to have to be something's going to have to change. Whether it's no students on campus or bubbling up the you know the the football teams or the athletes in fall sports, it just uh, at this rate, I, I just find it difficult to believe that we're going to have a college football season launch on time.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> even on time, it might be different from finishing it as well, just because we've sort of seen the same sort of things with Major League Baseball, where they started to get going and then obviously had a few hiccups along the way. I, I think if you want to start with the positive there, and I think it is a positive, is if you look around the sports landscape, what we've probably learned most of all out of this whole virus situation is that bubbling seems to work and it seems to work pretty well and you can basically get your seasons in if you have testing um and then obviously isolation and and basically what they've always told us these medical professionals is if the virus has nowhere to go it can't spread you know what i mean if you get a bunch of people together who don't have it they can't give it to each other where it has to be spread is from an outside source who brings it in. And and that obviously is a challenge that college football will have. Now, does it mean that it's impossible? Does it mean that every school can't start or get going or, um, you know, have a team that isn't affected by this thing? No, nah, that doesn't mean that at all. So perhaps September 12th, there will be kicking off football and, and these schools will play and some of these schools will be just fine with it. But I think you're right. I mean, every time there's a story like I believe it was um, earlier this week, you know, NC State shuts down. It's fall practices, basically, because they had, I think it was three or four positive cases in their athletic department. Um, It it just sort of makes you pause a little bit because... Okay, that's one of the schools that's supposed to play. And already there's only about 70 schools that are going to be playing this fall anyway. So I think every day you're just sort of holding your breath to hope that these sorts of things don't happen, while also kind of the rational side of your brain saying, hey, it would make a lot of sense if this does happen. Because as you mentioned, Blair, there is no bubble yet in college football. There is no keeping these people apart or at least having a community where we all know that we can test and make sure that nobody has the virus to spread it. Uh, We don't have that with college football. So um, tenuous at best, obviously, and everybody wakes up every morning wondering what the news of the day is going to be. But at this point, um, you know, listen, we're, what, three weeks out, two weeks out, so uh, two and a half weeks out. So um, made it this far, I guess. So I guess everyone can just hope for the best, proceed moving forward, and and see if this thing does get off the ground.
0: Yeah, just as a reminder, the the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 have – uh, have car- are carrying on with their fall football season. The Big Ten, the Pac-12 are not. They have they're, they're, those leagues are saying they're going to um, attempt to play in the spring. And as far as I know, um, the the only other college football that's going to happen in the fall is, I guess, the American Conference will continue to play, and um, and and a couple the, the couple other of the uh, the group of five conferences as well. Um, uh, but locally the MIAA, uh, not having a, a false schedule. And of course that's, you know, you, are you're, you're very familiar with, um, you know, with, with, uh, division two in this part of the country and how important that is for communities like Warnsburg and Emporia for, H- you know, Hayes and, you know, they're not going to be any football this fall there. They're, again, they're going to try to play in the, um, in the, in, in the spring. Something I saw that was really interesting. I, I didn't, um, uh, this you know, unusual times call for unusual measures. And the, the Missouri Valley Conference, which includes Missouri State for football and Northern Iowa and some others, and, um, and the Southland Conference, which includes uh, Central Arkansas and others, they have uh, eliminated conference games but not non-conference games. So Missouri State is going to play um, Oklahoma, and uh, that will be Oklahoma's one non-conference game and that'll and then i think i think missouri state has two other games scheduled against central arkansas in the fall with the hope of having a conference schedule in the spring central arkansas will play also play north dakota state a non-conference game in the fall and that'll be the only game that north dakota state plays in the fall for this season they will attempt to play again with the um, uh, with the Missouri Valley Conference in the in the spring. So strange times, uh, strange uh, you know games and going to make for some odd Saturdays. But there will be some college football this season. Tell us, uh, uh, I don't think you and I have talked since the Big Twelve went through their rescheduling. So tell us exactly what KU is going to end up doing this year.
1: Yeah, so KU um, originally had a week zero game scheduled, which crazy enough would have been this upcoming Saturday against Southern Illinois. Can you imagine if there was football coming up, uh, college football coming up in just a few days here? But that game, it appears through Southern Illinois' website, got changed to a 2024 game between the two teams. And instead, KU had a two-for-one schedule with Coastal Carolina. So basically, they played Coastal Carolina at home last year. They were going to play them in south carolina this year and then return another game back to lawrence uh, in an upcoming year instead they're just going to flip those final two games so ku will open up its season september 12th at home against coastal carolina who they lost to last year so obviously there's a little bit of motivation with that game and then starting september twenty sixth, so after a bye week then they'll start with the big 12 schedule and, and go on from there so For KU, basically, um, there was a lot of different contingency plans in place. They had a lot of different things up in the air and a lot of juggling. Obviously, I told you earlier, they started with New Hampshire, and then that game was called off because New Hampshire's conference um, decided to not play games, and New Hampshire went along with that. So then they scheduled Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois. Now that game is a 2024, so that game got called off. So KU has its third season opener here with Coastal Carolina, and again, this one is set and secure as long as uh, the virus doesn't take over supposed to be played September 12th. We'll see. With fans in the stands, that still is to be determined. And I know KU and Athletic Director Jeff Long want to have fans in the stands, at least a limited number. But um, they have to talk to the KU, basically the COVID committee, and then also local health officials to see if they can get that thing to pass. So um, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, still lots to be determined here in the next few weeks when it comes to KU football season opener.
0: And I know you and I were talking um, in late August, and all thoughts are toward college football and getting the season started. But uh, you cover Kansas, and so basketball is never uh, far from the minds of uh, of, of KU fans. Uh, there have there have been needed to uh, the, the basketball program has needed to make some adjustments in its schedule as well. Even though we don't have any kind of word on what's going to happen with college basketball. Um, uh, Dan Gavitt, uh, who is uh, you know the, the chairman of uh, basically oversees uh, Division One college basketball, put out a statement recently saying that, that you know that he expects the tournament to be played and um, and and the, and the basketball season to, to to be played as well. But there have been some already. We already know there are some uh, at least some schedule adjustments so far for for KU. What are those?
1: Yeah, they added Stephen F. Austin in turn in, um, instead of Yale. Yale was uh, Ivy League school. The yeah, Ivy League has already called off uh, its games until 2021. So uh, that's it so far. I mean, I would expect, I think we're all just sort of in a holding pattern here, honestly, Blair, because with basketball, you know, there's a certain sense of optimism with some people and I think a certain set of sense of pep- pessimism with other people, but it seems like everybody sort of is of the same mind here that the most important things is to try to figure out a way to play the conference season and try to figure out a way to play the NCAA tournament, which would be obviously the most impactful and the most profitable for all parties involved. So um, as far as non-conference games go right now, I guess we'll see, you know, it just seems like pulling that off in a COVID world is so difficult and thinking about all the travel and everything that would be involved with that sort of thing. I mean, um, just for example, like the Champions Classic. I mean, that any other year, that's easy to pull off. You get one big site, you bring all the fans together, you you throw those four fans and, and those four teams in, in one location, and you make this great opening event for college basketball. That just seems a little bit more unrealistic this year. And uh, right. not only that, I mean, if you go on with KU schedule, I mean, their first three games are Southern Utah, Eastern Illinois, and Stony Brook. I mean, are those games really that important? You know, does, does it really matter to have those games on the schedule when you're kind of trying to think big picture here? So uh, again, nothing decided yet. We will see what happens, but I would still envision that the NCAA, and you talked about Dan Gavitt. I think he's one of the most well-respected people in the NCAA, especially when it comes to his expertise and knowledge of college basketball and kind of being, a sort of leader in that regard. Um, But I I would think that most people are going to get their heads together here to try to figure out how can you play the conference season? How can you play the NCAA tournament? As we talked about earlier, um, there has been some talk from Mark Emmert and um, others lately to kind of speak about figuring out a bubble. And um, if that needed to take place, and that was the best way for these sorts of games to take place, then obviously, I think that's something you pursue. The question is whether you can have that coexist with amateur athletics, which is um, a whole different discussion altogether. But if that is able to work kind of hand in hand, then I could definitely foresee the NCAA and obviously these conferences working together to try to figure out a way to make that sort of thing happen.
0: Right, especially if there are no or limited number of students on campus anyway. I I can see that as a a, a possible solution for college basketball, something we'll get into in a bigger way um, in the next few weeks. And I do know that – uh, news was made a couple of weeks, I guess the day that the Pac-12 announced that it was not having uh, sports in the fall semester, that did affect some basketball games. Uh, that, meant, that meant no basketball games in November and December for Pac-12 teams. I think KU had a couple of those on their schedule. I think Colorado was supposed to uh, play at Allen Fieldhouse, and, and maybe the Wooden Classic, I think, got, um, got, got PPD as well. So yeah, it's had some, there, there, there've already been some, uh, there's already been some impact with with college basketball. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, also Blair, what's but, interesting is, I mean, you're right with all that happening and all that being of a post one. I know Gary Bador um, from the star has kind of tried to keep up with all this stuff. You know, he talked to, to build self about late night in the fog, which again is just another one of those traditions you assume is going to happen every year. And this year it most likely is going to be an online version of it. Um, but it's funny because I think most schools have to do this, but like if I'm scrolling down through KU schedule, everything you just mentioned there is mostly still on the schedule, you know, like wooden classic, it's still there. You know what I mean? Like USC, the, uh, the pac 12, Colorado at Colorado, still there. So I think for right now, I mean, again, these games aren't going to happen, but, um, everybody's just sort of in a holding pattern and nobody is really certain about what's going to happen. So it's no use rearranging your schedule every six hours based off of the news of the day. You just sort of leave it there and you change it when you know, you have official word and know what's going to happen. But, uh, like I said, I guess my thoughts would be um, if everybody gets gets together and figures out the most important part of the college basketball season, that's going to be conference games and it's going to be the NCAA tournament. And so if everybody kind of puts their efforts toward that to make sure that that can happen, it seems like there probably is a feasible way to get that done.
0: All right, uh, Jesse, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll get into a little KU football. We haven't um, – uh, that's, that's why we're talking in the first place, talking a little KU football. Uh, Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, back with Jesse Newell, who covers kansas for the star and the wichita eagle and you know it's funny jesse that uh you know other schools in the big 12 uh were having press conferences and not media days those all got postponed uh but it's like kansas was one of the last ones to uh to have its coaches and players made available to media and that's how it works these days uh um uh, you know, just basically through a through a, conference, a Zoom call or a, you know a Google Hangout, however however it's done, but but we did finally hear from from Les Miles, and we've, we're starting to hear from some KU players. And there's no secret that the, the KU is picked last again in the conference, and there are big challenges ahead for this program. You had a you had a great tweet yesterday that uh, basically asking Kansas fans and I'll paraphrase here just kind of what do you want to see from this KU football team and uh, so I was scrolling through the, the responses and it was a, there were a ton of them and um, and, and people are I think I, I, my bottom line was people seem to be realistic. About about Kansas, um, but you know, with a tinge of hopefulness as well. What did what did you get from that uh, exercise? Yeah,
1: it was uh, fascinating. And we talk about the crazy world we're in. I think the number one most favorited tweet was no hospitalizations or deaths.
0: <laughs> so, um,
1: you know, I've never had a reply to that sort of tweet like that before. But I mean, the fact that uh, people are concerned about these athletes and coaches i think that's obviously a good thing and uh, i mean yeah, everybody's, sort of, everybody's sort of in that mindset right now that um we all love sports but we all don't want them to impact people in that sort of way obviously um if it's just going to be a game but yeah i, I kind of want to just get a gauge of it it's it's so hard because um blair i talked about this survey that i ran a couple months ago and i honestly was surprised by the football response on there, how many people watch most games, most football games. And I, I think there is a difference, you know, like obviously KU basketball, like it is rabbit, you know I mean? It's, they want to know about yeah. the, the scholarship situation for 2022 and who's coming in next year. And uh, I mean, you can really get people who are all sorts of involved with KU basketball, KU football. I think, I think it is more of a very casual um, watch the games on Saturday, hope they win, see results, hope for the best, but can easily tune out if it doesn't work out that way. So I think that's what you're seeing. And um, this is sort of an interesting season for KU if it does get played, just because uh, I've talked about this before, but you know, when Les Miles took over – in uh, KU got to three wins last year, I predicted them for two. So three wins was to me was a good year and a good season for Kansas, but they did have a lot of upperclassmen. They did have a lot of guys kind of come into their own. When you want to talk about Hakeem Adeniji, who got drafted by the Bengals or quarterback Carter Stanley, who gave them basically their best quarterback performance in a decade or the secondary, which obviously had a bunch of guys that were experienced players, Bryce Tornade and the team captain, Mike Lee on the back end. So they had a lot of guys and lost a lot of guys. So uh, I think most KU fans, again, when I'm talking about, Hey, you watch the games on Saturday, but you don't know much about the team and you're pretty casual. You know, you see, you see three wins last year. You think, okay, well, uh, you know, I know 10 game schedule this year, but Hey, you know, build on that, get three wins again, you know, that sort of thing. And I think yeah. it's, gonna be- I think it's going to be very difficult because uh, this year's team did lose a lot of pieces. They lost a lot of pieces on the D line. They lost almost an entire secondary. They lost their tackles on the O line. And we just mentioned the quarterback. That's going to be um, a very difficult thing to replace. So we'll see here again. I, I saw some people saying, you know, four wins, five wins. And I was like, Whoa, out a <laughs> 10, you know, like KU hasn't won many big 12 games and to get to four or five wins, you're going to have to, to win some big 12 games this year. Uh, so I think that would be optimistic, but yeah, for Kansas football, I I think certain themes tend to happen with KU football. Who's the quarterback? I, I don't know. I was talking with somebody yesterday, Blair. I don't know how KU somehow couldn't have accidentally in the last six or seven years had a returning starting quarterback. <laughs> but it just doesn't happen. Every single year, there's a battle going all the way up to the first game. and There's mystery, and nobody knows. But it's the same way this year. So I think there's that. that that's maybe storyline number one. Storyline number two is Brent Nierman, the uh, Wizkid, offensive coordinator that they have, who uh, in the last six games had some amazing performances and then had some pretty bad ones as well. So, how high can he take this offense with the pieces they have? And then number three is Puka Williams. I mean, the guy is just kind of a superstar running back, and I even saw him on some Heisman odds earlier this uh, week, which obviously it helps that two of the major power conferences aren't playing, but. You know, if things broke right and things happened in a certain way, could he be in the Heisman discussion this year? I think so. I mean, PFF, Pro Football Focus, which tracks every down, they love his numbers, they love what he's able to do, and he sort of has built the sort of profile now where people are looking out for him. So I think those are kind of the main three things with KU football, along with, hey, whatever wins you can get, that makes that Coastal Carolina game very important in in game number one because you don't want to face down a nine-game conference schedule uh, with an offer in your win column because – Obviously, the Big Twelve is going to be tough this year, just like it is every other year.
0: For sure, and I think every Big Twelve program is saying the same thing. If you've noticed the the non conference opponents for for the Big Twelve, you know the they, Big Twelve didn't go out and schedule SEC or ACC teams. None of those guys scheduled um, non conference games against the other you know Power Five pro or, or conferences. They're all. Um, I think Texas has UTEP and. K State has. Does it have Central Arkansas? I can't remember who K State's. Uh, I believe it's Central up.
1: Arkansas. Yeah, and, um,
0: uh, and and there are and, you know just teams that games that will be played in in the stadiums of uh, of the Big Twelve opponent games in which the Big Twelve team will be favored. That's another issue, Jesse. I, I you know, maybe it's a. Um, Kansas has played before pretty pretty sparse crowds here in the last few years anyway, especially those games that kick off at eleven a.m. But there won't be anybody that uh, we know of, right? I mean, is that is that as we speak today on on August twenty fifth, there won't be fans allowed in the stands? Do we know that yet?
1: Well, and just to correct myself, it's Arkansas State, is suitcase state, opens with. So thank you, uh, I, I appreciate correctly.
0: correcting both of us. Nice.
1: And there's there's <laughs> so many of those type of schools in Arkansas. It's pretty great, <laughs> uh, but. Anyway, yeah, I, I kind of referenced it a little bit earlier, but I know Jeff Long wants to have fans in the stands when it comes to uh, KU football games. We have not heard an official announcement. You would think it would have to come here in the next week or so because if you do have fans, you got to decide who can get in. You have to decide the policies that are in place. You have to decide how they're going to do it. You um, obviously have to get vendors and those sorts of things. So we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, the two things I, I, I mentioned earlier where they're going to have to come up with a plan on how to pull it off. And then they're going to have to present it to not only KU, but they're also going to have to present it to local county health officials to make sure that they get the sign off on both of those matters. So we have not heard from that lately, but uh, yeah, Jeff Long every step of the way has said that he wants to have fans. In uh, Booth Memorial Stadium for KU football games, will it happen or not? I don't know. I, I think the Chiefs' decision probably helps out teams in this area, but ever since then, we've seen a lot of NFL teams say that there won't be fans, and a lot of colleges have followed along as well. So, if it does happen, I would not expect more than about twenty or twenty-five percent, which um, you know is a pretty low number to begin with for a fifty-thousand you know capacity stadium. So, we'll see what happens, but I would definitely expect that announcement coming up here in the next week or so.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I, I think KU, K State, Missouri, others will keep an eye on Sporting KC tonight, which plays its first home game since the um, um, gosh, since what Feb- February or March, and will have fans allowing fans in their stadium uh, tonight. It'll be K- Sporting Kansas City uh, of the of Major League Soccer, the first area team. Um, to allow uh, fans in the stands, so every, kind of all eyes will be on, um, on on the local soccer team in tonight's game. So, well, you you hit on you know on, on all the you know the, the pertinent topics for for KU football. I, I don't think it can be emphasized enough that those who are, are hoping to match last year's victory total need to understand that if that's to occur, they're going to have to at least double their conference victory total uh, to go from one to two. And that uh, assumes a, a victory over Coastal Carolina as well. Yeah, the, the the scheduling doesn't do any favors. Kansas, with whether whether it be New Hampshire or Southern Illinois, um, figured to have a couple of, uh, of victories. And I noticed one of the comments to – your Twitter and and this has obviously been true for a while. One place Kansas always tends to get itself in trouble is not sweeping non conference games that were you know supposedly winnable, uh, all winnable non conference games. They They've done a good job avoiding the, you know, p- playing the the the, pow- the other Power Fives. There've been occasional games against the Power Five conferences, but but for the most part, they, they don't play them, and and they um and they still have trouble going three and zero. Well, uh, next to impossible, right? And was the last time they went undefeated in in non conference play? So they at least they, they, you know, they lose that opportunity. So any victory that that um, Kansas gets. After the opener, to to try to match last year's total is going to have to come against Big Twelve opponents. Ain't going to be easy.
1: No, and, and you're right, Blair. If you want to talk about schedule winners and losers throughout this COVID thing, I, I think you would mention Kansas as a loser because they did. If we're going to say one thing about potential optimism for this season, is their schedule was set up really well. And you mentioned Power Five opponents. Okay, you actually did have Boston College on its schedule. Yeah, but that game Whoop was. Them was supposed to happen in Lawrence and they like yeah, you said they whooped them last year uh, out there in uh, in Massachusetts so for Kansas it originally was New Hampshire which you know I think they were ranked in the teens in the FCS poll again at home you got to win that game you just have to do it and then you get Boston College at home okay well you beat them last year and they're obviously a new coach uh, going through some transition got a chance there and then at coastal Carolina again if if you have to play a non-conference road game uh, what better place to do it than a team that obviously you're going to be motivated to play again since you lost to him last year and a team that is welcoming its first ever power five opponent to its, it's right. it's uh home uh, basically stadium. So yeah, I mean that was set up really nicely for Kansas, but uh, listen, if we're being honest again for Kansas, there are going to be, many, 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 many question marks on the defense. And DJ Elliott, KU's defense started out really well last year. I think they lost that Coast Carolina game 12-7. to 7, So obviously it's not his defense to blame for some of the early season woes. But later in the year against Big 12 opponents, it got pretty bad. And KU is basically returning almost nobody from a defensive line that was not the top of the Big 12 last year anyway. So if, you, if you're not bringing back guys who were able, even able to get snaps last year there, that's a problem. And then obviously I just talked about they had some experienced guys in the secondary that played pretty well and those guys aren't coming back. Oh boy. You know, so uh, they have some things to figure out. They've got some questions to answer on that side of the football. And as we know, if if you if that's your problem in the Big 12, that can be a major problem when you're facing Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Baylor on, on week-to-week basis. So um, yeah, a, a lot of questions to answer. But as you mentioned, um, you know, we're just kind of getting into it right now. Just had the first media availability and 190 days last week. We'll have another one this week. So uh, maybe we'll get a few more answers here. But the main thing for Kansas, uh, as I mentioned before, how much can year two help Les Miles? How much can year two help Brent Deerman? And is he really the magic man? Because KU hasn't had this sort of lightning in a bottle from a coordinator in a long, long time. I mean, I'm thinking back probably to Ed Warner back when, you know, he helped the Mangino teams and really lifted them. And they were just, you know, the greatest show on turf for a while, where they put up 70 on Nebraska, that sort of thing. If KU really has somebody who can raise the level of what we know is not going to be the, the, the big 12 level type players, <laughs> you know, if, if he can still make them into a, a sort of superhero offense, then KU obviously has some hope to maybe even do some of the things that we said that we were skeptical about them doing, but they're going to have to overcome a lot of, as well just because we know that the defense has uh, a lot of things to figure out and we know that uh, obviously they have to figure out the quarterback position because when they don't do that that's led to a lot of their unsuccessful seasons
0: jesse newell covers kansas for the star and the wichita eagle jesse great catching up with you we'll do it again soon all right sounds good blair that'll do it for today thanks to our production staff of Derek donovan randy mason beth welsh jeff rosen savannah smith and chris fickett Tip of the cap to Jesse Newell for stopping by and talking Kansas and college football. Links to stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are 51 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details are at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like SportsBKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.